Welcome back to another episode of SkyU Pod. I am joined by Shuddy Maxwell. Sam is gone. That's not much of a surprise to people. But uh, yeah, guys, the Gopher game. We're going to do a quick recap here of Nebraska as well as preview the upcoming Northwestern game. Um, it didn't look pretty in the start. Falling down 10 nothing. Offense really did... Um, nothing in the first half as well as the defense came out very uh sleepy we'll say in the first quarter before forcing a bunch of three and outs um then tanner morgan leaves the game basically right at the end of the first half taking a big shot uh he was under a lot of pressure the whole time he was in there and in come thin calicamanis i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but we'll go with it in comes the young gun in the second half and uh first drive you know makes some nice plays off the read option uh get a field goal out of the drive um he hits a couple balls uh down the field to uh Dalen Wright Michael Brown Stevens and um Daniel Jackson uh tied it up at 10 at the end of the third quarter before going up 20 to 10 Nebraska would add a field goal Got a little dicey late with PJ deciding to punt on fourth and about three inches, um, but the defense held strong like they were for basically three full quarters of the game and uh, got the dub, and the Gophers win 20-13. to 13. Um, Fellas, we all watched the game. Um, no, I think most of us, per- uh, I guess I, I predicted a two-score win, I guess, so it was closer than I anticipated, but... Uh, but just with how the game played out, Tanner having to leave with injury and the offense basically being dead for the whole first half, uh, was Ethan the hero of the game in your guys' mind? Absolutely. Um, he definitely brought a spark to this offense. I mean, even though the score didn't show that we were getting dominated per se, like as as we were watching the game, I, I felt like it was apparent that we were getting beat by by Nebraska. They were just you know, they look more physical up front. They, we couldn't get anything going on offense. Defense was like, like you said, sleep during that first half. It seemed like, it seems like maybe not the first half, but certainly the first drive. And it seems like that's kind of like the trend that this defense is in. It, they kind of start up so lackadaisical that, you know, we always give up points. It seems like on that first drive before they wake up. Um, but I mean, let's <laughs> Let's just talk about Ethan real quick. He was 6 for 12. I know that doesn't say much, but he was 6 for 12, 137 passing yards. But he's a redshirt freshman. He's just getting his feet wet. And it's like, I think the biggest thing was that spark that he gave to this offense. Um, You know, we scored 20 unanswered points, which was amazing. And um, the thing that I like about him too is his athleticism outside of the pocket. Like he can make some runs, which I like. He, I think we saw him pull the ball a couple times and that just kind of is something that, you know, Tanner wasn't really capable of. We'd see Tanner get, you know, take off sometimes, but what ends up happening is kind of what's happened to him over the past couple of games. He gets concussed or, or hurt. We hope for a speedy recovery, but um, he connected with receivers downfield. You know, Dylan Wright, Daniel Jackson, hit him, each of them 38 yards to Wright, 45 yards to Jackson. I mean, that's kind of something that we've been looking for, that downfield presence, and he delivered it on the road. 
even though Nebraska is not really the greatest team, I mean, that is, it's a Nebraska crowd. They're going to be sold out. It's a hard place to play. And as a freshman, you're, you're getting that job done. Uh, I, I'm impressed with that. So I definitely got to say that he delivered the spark and he performed pretty well. He wouldn't be the hero of the game, uh, just being that it's it's a new face. It's a, it's a, big, uh, it's a big spot to step up in, being down 10 uh, and on the road in one of the toughest places really to play. I know Nebraska's record really hasn't shown it, but it's still however many sellout crowds in a row, um, all red too. So, I mean, Athens played in two now very tough environments and done well. Um, and yeah, like you guys, like you said, Spence, you know, the offense looked a little slow to start. The defense, I don't know, you know, um, I know Rossi made a, there was a comment about how they had to throw the game plan in the trash after like the first drive because what Nebraska was doing with their quarterbacks, it was between Smothers and Purdy. They were like, you know what, we, we just got to adjust and, and make some stops. And we did. Um, and yeah, watching that first drive back on our defensive side, um, I don't know if there was even one ball thrown down the field. So it was obvious that they were kind of coming up with a script that was going to fit their quarterback style of play. Um, and we just had to adjust to it. And they had a talented back in Grant too, who, I mean, he ran for 115, uh, but for the most part throughout the game, we were able to contain him or, you know, keep the big plays to a minimum. Um, and then see with Purdy and some others, Purdy actually ran better than I thought he would. Uh, but neither could really throw the ball, and I think our defense took advantage of that. We actually had some really good pass rushes, um, collapsing the pocket, uh, hitting home too. But yeah, all in all, I think Ethan played great. Um, Mo still is Mo, and yeah, it was nice to see some downfield passes, like you said too, Spence. Yeah, um, Ethan was great. I still think I think uh, the most important aspect of the game was. I know they started out slow, but. Defense forced five straight three and outs from Nebraska. I mean, after that, because the offense was dead in the first half and the defense did nothing but just like kept us afloat like long enough for them to get something going. And Ethan was a huge part of that when he did come in. But um, I guess, yeah, so I, the way I phrased it, it, it makes it seem similar player, which I would agree probably Ethan. But uh, the defense balled out. I mean, giving up field goal over the last three quarters of the game and Nebraska does have playmakers. I know Grant finished with 115 yards. Um, 90 of that was in the first quarter, though. Uh, like after that, for he had, I think it was like 60 yards rushing on that first drive for them. So really, but uh, tightened it down after that, um, and and just gave the offense enough time to get clicking, and they were able to get things rolling. And the defense just kept kept getting them back the football, and uh, yeah, and then. Ethan and Mo kind of took over, so it's great to see. TJ, uh, I feel like he came with the uh, the facts in his presser after later in the week with like maybe some self defense. Just like, yep, first time Minnesota's come back and won from being down ten at half since I think it was two thousand nine. He said, which uh, you know credit to the team, but I feel like that's been maybe one of the knocks on PJ is just um, not being able to win these games when and make the adjustments necessary when down at the half by more than a few points. Really, even even when we're losing at half, his record's not great. But um, just the way he presented the fact made it sound more of like a see. It's not just me that like, hasn't been able to do that here. But no, good for them. Um, that's and then he also stated too. I think it's that's four or five straight wins over Nebraska, which you know, Nebraska's not at their 
right now, but that's always uh, nice to have in your back pocket when recruiting against them since they still recruit well. Um, yeah, we're already talking about him. He's going to be the main topic, I'm sure, for most of this podcast. Tanner is fully healthy. Because well, let's phrase it this way, because I think given that PJ classified it as an upper body injury still, um, there's already certain people claiming to have like no things that Tanner won't be able to play this next upcoming game. So I'm kind of taking that out. Initially, the question was, who do you think will start this next week? I think most of us think it will be Ethan. The question now is, though, you know, PJ is a pretty loyal guy. And Tanner is back and healthy. And if Tanner's fully healthy by the following game for Iowa, who do you guys think PJ is going to throw out there? Your your question is asking who we think he'll throw out there after this week. Yeah. What do you think PJ will do if he has both of them fully healthy, ready to go? He's going to bring back. I mean, PJ's a prideful guy. I mean, he he really is. And kind of like you were touching about, you know, like, you guys, we're doing something, you know, like, we're changing something. We we finally broke that horrendous streak of 32 games lost in a row when down by at least 10 points. I, I, I think that he's just going to say, see, guys, this is the guy that's going to lead us to beating Iowa, who we haven't beat since 2014 in Wisconsin, who is our you know rival since the dawn of college football. I just don't. I, I, I want to be clear. We've said it many times on this podcast before. Tanner is probably the best quarterback that we have seen in our lifetimes as from the, you know, from the gopher quarterback position, but he's just not that guy for us. You know, he's a six year guy and we haven't seen improvement. We've certainly not seen improvement since 2019. I would say that there's been more of a regression, certainly more of a regression. Um, and the thing is, people will say, well, he doesn't have the weapons that he used to. But the fact of the matter is he's doing things that a six-year quarterback shouldn't do. He's throwing up balls on his back. We've talked about this the past couple of times where he's just having a jump ball for receivers and it just gets picked off. He just seems to be making poor decisions. And I know that he's been through some coordinators, so it's not on him. But still, as a veteran quarterback that long, you would expect to see some growth or some maturity. Anyways, I I digress. Um, Ethan just gave us a spark. And on top of everything, if both quarterbacks are giving you the same output, why wouldn't you start the young guy to give him that experience and grow him into next year when he's going to be our go-to guy? We might as well get started now for next season with him because he's just going to improve. You would think that he would improve from this year to next year. So he should do that. But again, PJ is just, he has this way about him. He, he, he will do things his way. And I don't know what it is. If it's pride, if it's loyalty, Kurt, like you said, if, it, if it's just like, yep, they've been my guy since day one. He's going to get the job done. I believe in you. Sometimes it's okay to believe in someone, but face reality. Like, he's gone after this year. If some other, if a young guy is giving you as good a production, even though you might have loyalty to some guy, you got to be real. Are you only going to be here for the next four games, like three, four games this year, PJ? No, you're going to be here, hopefully, for a while. I mean, if you want to be, right? So why not start thinking about the future a little bit? I know he's like... 1-0 this week. We're 1-0 against Northwestern, whatever. 
I know that's his kind of thing, but it's unrealistic to to not in the back of your mind have those thoughts, you know, and start the young guy that just got a good win on the road against Nebraska, and that's going to give good output. Well, I would even say it's not even so much about Tanner as it is more about what Ethan brings to the table. Um, I think Ethan's floor is everything that we're already getting from Tanner. Now, I, I'll Tanner the benefit of doubt as far he probably um, – comfortable and confident in reading the coverages quicker off the the off the you know right off the snap but um experience changes that and i just think they're that equal in what their floor is to begin with or their output like you're saying like i think ethan is the does have the playmaking ability that tanner lacks he can buy time with his legs uh tuck it and run he's got the better arm and i would just go back to the play you know each had a similar underthrow in the first half uh, down the field. I think uh, Tanner's might have been to Michael Brown Stevens, or but uh, I know Ethan's was to Daniel Jackson. But the difference was Ethan still resulted in a big, like, 30, 40-yard pass down the field. He still was able to get it there, even though he underthrew it. Tanner's was just kind of, and I'm not trying to rip on, but his he just doesn't have the same arm strength. His just kind of floated down the field and was up there long enough for the DB to get there to make a play on the ball and break it up. So I just think at this point, it's it's really not even about like, oh, Tanner's been really bad, blah, blah, blah. He's like the cause of our problems. I just think Ethan has shown that he has surpassed him and just can make plays for this offense that desperately needs it that Tanner can't, given the skill set. That would not shock me if PJ stuck with Tanner, even though seeing all that. I hope he sees it. I really do, because... He's got to see that this team wants to win these next three games bad. Northwestern, because that should be a win. And then you have your two biggest rivals there at the end. Um, you know, Nari is a lot better than, could we finish? Seven and five or seven and, you know, no. Well, like we just got to, I think he's got to be careful here about being too loyal. And if, if, if Ethan sucks, you can always go back to Tanner because you know what you got. If he's rattled against the Iowa and just, turning the ball over, just go back to Tanner. But, Max, what do you think? Before you jump in, Max, so, Kurt, what do you think PJ is going to do? What What do you think he'll do? I feel like you're right, but maybe it's just I have hope. I think... Really? You do? What I really I really think Ethan's the guy now. I do, too. I do, too. But do you really think that PJ is going to swallow his pride? Like, I don't uh, know if he is. Here's the thing, though. And it plays into part of it, and I, I really hope, first of all, I think you mentioned it, I hope Tanner's healthy one, because if it's another concussion, that's two and three weeks, and that's serious whenever that happens. So I want him healthy. And part of that, I think PJ, I really believe PJ does care about his players like that. So I think PJ be hesitant to throw Tanner back out there right away. Any, well, for sure not this week, but even in Iowa, I mean, you gave him a week off, but just two weeks ago he had his second concussion over like the past month, basically. So I, I don't know. I I think that will play into PJ's decision, and then also seeing that look what Ethan did for them against the same defense that Tanner really struggled against. I mean, not, it wasn't just him. The whole offense got better, but part of the reason the offense got better is because of what Ethan was able to do and provide. It just made the defense play them completely different. 
Like his his keep on that Mo read option play completely changed the defensive end crashing down on Mo every single time, which is what he was doing the first half. As soon as he kept it and got that free <clears throat> minor ten yard run, he com they completely stopped doing that with their defensive ends just because they saw how much quicker Ethan was. So I got a feeling that PJ will combine all of that, and I it's probably too much hope me but i think he's gonna go Ethan from here on out assuming Ethan comes out and has another strong performance against northwestern yeah if you know it obviously health is number one and credit to pj i mean like you said he's always gonna put you know he's gonna he's gonna put his players in the best spot possible and if there's even a shadow of a doubt that tanner isn't healthy enough to play i i don't think he's gonna put him in that spot um but if the if the question is assuming tanner is completely healthy then yeah it does kind of come down to does Ethan blow it against Northwestern which I have a feeling this game not to peek ahead at our next topic but I have a feeling this one's going to be a little bit like the Rutgers game where we just don't need to show that much and Ethan doesn't really he would really have to mess up <laughs> to stand yeah. out as you know being that playing that bad or our defense plays that bad and we somehow get in a shootout um but <laughs> I <sighs> In my heart of hearts, I still just, I see PJ, Pat, and Tanner on the butt, uh, you know, to lead him out against Iowa. I just, it's just PJ hasn't proven that he's willing to change who his guys are. And whether it's a pride thing, and I know he, I know he values a lot of Tanner's, um, like he says how he's like a coach on the field. And there is value in that. But when you look at what Ethan does, it's like, well, do we really need that when we've got other veterans on the team you've got john michael schmitz running the offensive line i mean and pj's even spoken pretty high pretty highly of ethan too of how he's just not phased he's always ready he's just calm cool and collected all the time so yeah i mean i it should be ethan but it should have been ethan against nebraska and we didn't do it so i don't know i think maybe the you guys go you guys are going tanner basically. i think if tanner's healthy i think yeah. PJ starts tanner yeah, and 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 here's the thing. I do re I, I respect this the sentimentalness. I I think we all would agree we'd love to see Tanner beat Iowa after six years of being here. It would be that's, a good story for him to end. I think that's a big factor into it, though, don't you think? It's, I bet it, you they both course. talked numerous times that Iowa was the one they want to get, and that they're they going to do it. They have circled on the calendar. I get it. Yeah. It's something that you know Tanner hasn't done. Um, and I respect PJ for like having his players, you know, he, he's a player's coach. I think, I think, I think the people that do come to Minnesota, I think if they stay here that long, like Tanner and Chris Ottman Bell and John Michael Smith, they, they obviously like the culture and they, they have to like PJ. I, I respect yeah, once, that. Once PJ likes you, you're stuck here for seven years. Right. Like, I respect that. Like he, he can galvanize, you know, some of these players, but this is football, you know, it's, there is a lot of emotion in football, but there's, but there's a lot of reality and the reality is he's just not getting it done as good as he should. And you said it, Kurt, if Ethan's floor is Tanner's ceiling at this point in time, why aren't we just going with Ethan? I, I don't think PJ will do it. I I know why he's not doing it. I just don't think it's a it's a good idea. Well, and Tanner might even be more consistent at this point in time, hitting like those short underneath routes. But 
don't call it enough for that to be like the driving factor. Like we haven't been like, all right, Tanner, we're going to need you to nickel and dime us down the field to a win today. Like that's just never been the case. So then I feel like that just gets pulled off the table regardless. And Nathan's got the better deep ball and he still hits all those same throws that Tanner was hitting underneath. So I don't know. There's just a point though. I feel like that I hope crosses Peach's mind. Like you can love individual players. You should love individual players, uh, but at the end of the day, and he's been more than fair to uh, Tanner, too. At the end of the day, though, playing Tanner just to play Tanner, if it's not, like, what's best for the team, then that's not being fair to the rest of the team. you got to go out and play the guy who's going to give you the best shot at actually winning the game. And I hope he realizes that and doesn't, you know, get in those weird head Flawed verbiages. I feel like he really thinks Tanner gives them the best shot. Well, I feel like... He's got to see what we see, but but in his head, you know, like with some of the sentences that he says, I just feel like he might come out and say, <laughs> convince himself that Tanner does do that. But, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about a few things here looking looking forward. Um, the passing offense this game, you know, only 38 yards the first half, but 137 the second half when Ethan came in. I know it was against the Huskers defense, but now I'm talking less less quarterback driven, or I mean, I guess it is a factor in it, but do you feel like the passing game for the last few games, do you think it's improving, or is it just kind of been you know, more, I guess are you counting it more as credit towards who the opponent is we're playing? Easy. It's the opponent, man. I mean, look look at our first few games, you know? Has there been a dramatic change from then until what we've seen against this, these Big Ten opponents? Almost like we're trying to get back to that point of what we were, we're doing getting, in those games. Right, we're getting back to that point. And let's give them credit. Rutgers and Nebraska are probably better than the competition that we faced earlier in the year. But at this point, you would expect that passing game to improve over time. So meaning... Even if we're seeing it similar, like similar sort of performances that we saw at the beginning of the year, shouldn't it be more improved than what we saw then? Um, I just don't. I, I'm gonna have to see that against stiffer competition, I guess. Now, granted, if I see this against Northwestern too, like a, on a consistent basis, may, maybe we're seeing something, but. This is the bottom of the barrel that we're kind of doing this against. And it was apparent that even kind of, I don't want to say mid-tier teams because they, they're they good teams. Like Illinois and, and Purdue, they, they really shut that down. They did. Do we think that Iowa won't shut that down? Do we think Wisconsin won't shut that down? I mean, I, I don't believe that it's improved. Um, but I will say this, I think that we are trying to go back to kind of that game plan of maybe getting both the run and the pass in the mix, maybe a little more, um, but an improvement in it. No, I, I don't see it. We're all, I'd have to agree, um, playing lesser, you know, lesser skilled defenses definitely helps, um, kind of going back to Ethan though. I mean, it, he, when he's on the field, the passing game is the whole offense is just different just because of what he brings to the table. Um, and then it does kind of free up a little bit more space for Mo too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was one of the, that was one of the comparisons I could think of, you know, thinking back earlier in the year, 
the way this game started, it wasn't quite as bad, but it felt a little bit like that Purdue game where our defense kind of gave up a quick score and then they figured it out. But our offense just flatlined the whole game, whereas this time we had Ethan be that spark for us. And it kind of makes you think, like, what if he would have stepped up and, like, pulled Tanner in that Purdue game? Would that have changed things? Would it have not really mattered at that point? It's hard to say, but, you know, looking at this game, it's like, Purdue's defense is better than Nebraska's probably, but still at least gave us a shot. So yeah, I mean, passing game wise, I I don't I don't think we know. I don't think we've seen enough to really say it's improved, but with Ethan, it's definitely not worse. Yeah. I think it's probably a combination, a little bit, and that's the cop out answer, but the most true answer as well. And I think gives me hope is just Daniel Jackson Jackson seems to be back on track as far as getting him involved heavily in the passing game, and he is your best receiver right now. Um, I guess the counter argument would be, and maybe this is just me, but I Spam Ford has gotten the drops the last. I feel like every game he's got one big drop, and it's always on like a third down or something that would move the sticks right away and puts us in a bad spot. Um, obviously still super talented, super athletic, just that's more of a concentration thing, so I hope that gets figured out. But overall, I think it took a long time, but I do think what we're doing for the receivers now, calling at least a little bit, is just more making more sense rather than them. You know, I know it probably feel, felt this way just because of the losses, but Purdue, the Penn State, and the Illinois game, it, it's just like we had no answers for like new routes we could really run with our receivers. And at least now... Granted, lesser competition, but we are making plays down the field a little bit more. And we didn't do that against Rutgers, and we didn't really try. But, um, you know, Daniel Jackson still had a few catches in that game. He had even more this game, and we were able to hit some more explosive plays down the field. So, you know, it is Nebraska's defense. Not great. I'm not going to celebrate like it's fixed now, but I do think it's moving in the positive direction overall, I suppose. That's where I'm at with it. Um, oh. And this is probably, I carved this out for this whole individual topic, and we kind of already touched on it. Oh, you know, the slow start from this defense. And it's not a bad thing that the defense has to, it's pretty common in college football that the defense has to make adjustments for their opponent, you know, when, especially when you're in conference play. Because if the skill level is equal enough, you're not going to just be able to walk out and dominate them right off the get-go and so if they really are coming out in a whole new look that you were prepared for you know i i guess my only complaint is and thing that they need to get better at is you can still be great at the start while you're adjusting to new stuff that you haven't seen but i think they got to start tightening it up sooner and i get it's probably tough to do that from the sidelines trying to get everyone on the same page but it would be nice to see them stiffen up in the red zone because you can't run that many different looks in the red zone as an offense. So it would be nice to see that get tightened up a little bit uh, earlier. And that's what makes me think it's a little bit of, like, sleepiness to start the game is how, like, even when they get into the red zone on these first couple drives, it's not every game, but, like, the Purdue game, Nebraska game, like, they're still able to punch it in on us. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Are you concerned about the defensive starts, I guess, going forward? I mean, I guess the game probably going to be a bigger factor for Iowa and Wisconsin, but I just think got to be up and ready for those. But if it's a schematic thing against Iowa, because you're not going to get a lot of points against Iowa. So if you let them go down the field and get a touchdown off the get-go, that's going to really probably look like a daunting task to go down and try and match that right away. Exactly. 
they have to clean that up. Um, yeah. For that exact reason, I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, that wasn't a great response, individual topic. No, but it, it's it's a good point. I mean, the reality is, Iowa and Wisconsin historically have great defenses. We do not have a good offense against those teams. So, you know, if we allow them to march down the field right away, get get on the scoreboard, it's going to be hard to come back from that because – we would expect them to get on get points later down the road, but to start off like that, that's going to be hard to come back up from. So um, they definitely have to to figure that out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the initial game plan that Rossi has is not a good plan, and then he he's a great adjustment guy, and he just can work work it out after the first drive. But, you know, regardless, that needs to be cleaned up. It does seem like teams are probably scripting some, you know, that first scripted drive. They all seem to be attacking the same way, kind of using the run to open things up a little bit. But I don't know whether it's self-scouting just to kind of adjust some of those issues. There were definitely some missed tackles, too, in this Nebraska game. So like you said, Kurt, it seemed like a little bit of just a... You know, the performance just wasn't where it needed to be. It didn't really matter what the what the scheme was. Um, but I I don't worry about that for an Iowa or Wisconsin game too much. Just like you guys said, like those are the ones you get up for. Pretty veteran defenses, so not too concerned. And then yeah, with the way Rossi's been able to make adjustments, I I don't know. I'm not concerned, but it is it is worth uh, you know. I'd like for them to clean it up. <laughs> Obviously. Um, I agree. It's just I feel like it's almost it's kind of nitpicky, but also I don't think it's ridiculous to ask them not to always and they don't always give up a touchdown to start the game like Penn State they came out on fire and then got worn down but um yeah it is what it is okay I just want to run this I just had to bring this up I I know I texted you guys about it but like answer I want to go back to the the fourth down decision and you know Mo got very animated wanting to go for it PJ was going to go for it but his his explanation in the presser was very confusing to me, and I think it might explain some things for what we've seen, or I'm just reading way too much into it. But he, he mentioned like how you know half of his staff wanted to do one thing, and half of the offensive staff wanted to do a different a different play, and they couldn't agree on a play. PJ just decided, well, I, so if we couldn't agree on it, I just decided to punt, and then just like, well, first of all, worked out. I get the logic of it's more. It's more uh, difficult to go, you know, 80 yards or 60 yards, whatever it was, compared to the 40-something yards it would have been if you didn't get it. But you have an All-American center. You have an All-American back. Your quarterback is 6'4". Maybe just QB sneak it for a foot, and you convert and ice the game, and you don't even give them a chance to win it. Um, I think there's a whole thing there about just he plays to not lose instead of playing to win doing that. But but his answer about the two sides of the staff, like, why? It doesn't matter if your offensive staff can't agree on a call. Aren't you paying Kirk Soraka? I think he's getting like four something, four mil a year or something like, or not maybe not that high, but he's getting like a million dollars a year. I think his deal was two years for four mil, so two mil a year. Like I don't get how that's not the guy you're listening to coming through your headset and going with his play call. Like that is your offensive coordinator. Like who else are you listening to in that situation? I like we texted yeah. about why is there even a decision like. You have a play sheet with all this stuff on it. You don't have a fourth and got to have it play. 
Because that was my thought. It was like, if it's a tie ball game where we're down by one, then what do we do? We can't call a play. Um, that aggravated me a lot. <laughs> and his, yeah, his answer did nothing. Um, then, I, and I looked back at it and I realized I was wrong because I was, I was saying, I was like, why did we not just take a timeout? Well, then I realized we did, but it was, be- yeah. was it before the challenge? Why? Because he said, he said, he answered this in the presser as well. He said, I asked my guys, was it close? I said, nope, he got it. And they're like, okay, so when I know it's not close, I'm going to take the time out and talk about what we're going to do then. And it's just like. So then what? <laughs> That's where I'm confused. Like, why are we taking a time out when we just got the first down to run out the well, clock? Like, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It Right? Why not? Why aren't you letting it run all the way down and then taking the time? It was so yeah. And it was weird that he doesn't get it back then, like, because it's kind of like that everything after that play technically didn't happen, because it was like, I, I don't know. Did he get it back? Are, but... I don't know. Maybe. No. They, he said he didn't get it back. I mean, that was part of his gripe, which I I guess that was a weird thing, too. So I don't know if that just, like, flustered him to hell, but because <laughs> he said in the post game, he's like, I thought I had enough time. They didn't give it back. And then, then the play called debacle. Yeah, it that's just, that's bad prep. Um, It's, it's lucky we faced nebraska um i know that i know any team you know it's a lot to ask to move 90 yards no timeouts but you go for the win because at the same time it's nebraska yeah you give them a 47 yard field against our defense and they don't have a quarterback like you go for the win what's driving me nuts is that he's listening to two different people give him two different plays even if who's and i texted this into you guys I gotta assume it's Matt Simon since he called the Auburn game. He's the receiver coach now. I gotta imagine that they've kind of told them they want him to develop into that next offensive corner. Because Kirk Sirock is only on a two-year deal, at least currently. It's only a two-year deal they signed him to to be the OC. I would assume that he's the guy they're looking at to kind of be trained up and become the next one. When you guys can't agree on a play call... How does it not come down to the offensive coordinator who's basically the boss of the offensive side of the football? Or PJ, how about this? Like, you're the head coach. How about you pick the one you like the best? Like, you're watching the entire game right there on the sidelines. Do you really have zero feel for what how the game's been going at this point? And I just don't get it. But, like, you brought Soraka back, and then you have this period of basically a month-long stretch of where the offense is just not making simple adjustments or things you would think they would at least try when like their old line is just getting bull rushed every play and they're just sitting on your current routes and nothing's really changing like i just feel like there's something off in that relationship right now with how things should be going i don't know I don't know if I think necessarily necessarily that PJ is like putting his getting his hands involved too much or anything because I don't he definitely doesn't like to call plays he's made that pretty clear I just don't get how you're not deferring to your offensive coordinator there and it just makes me think well if he's not deferring to them there on like play to win the game and just put it away like is this is this also related to the other issues we've seen with this offense of just not making these changes that we think they would be making or just making things easy i don't know i just feel like there's something disconnected on the offensive side of the football maybe i'm reading way too much into his comment he does say a lot of stuff after the pressure that you can just kind of ignore but i just i don't get it i don't get how you don't defer to your offensive coordinator in that situation it was um it was horrendous 
the play calling was was horrendous. Um, if I was to play devil's advocate, like the officiating was kind of weird at the end of the game there too. Radio said um, they couldn't believe they overturned it, and I was driving home at the time they, of that play. Like, it was a terrible it, it review. Was a, it was a reviewable play. I get why they reviewed it, but it's not like it was – you know how it's indisputable video evidence that you need to overturn a call? Like there is no way that they saw something that all of us didn't, and so yeah. I don't know how they came up with that that call. I'm not giving an excuse to P, for PJ's, you know, that right. whole debacle, but it was pretty bad. And then at the end of the game, they forgot to to start the game clock, I guess, and the official officials didn't even notice it. Like it didn't matter, but like just things like, could you imagine if it was like a bit like a more important game? Like it was. It was a big yeah. debacle at the end of the game, but um, outside of that, I you just said everything exactly how it is. Kurt DJ is the head coach. Instead of like being upset at your toddlers, you know your 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 coaches, and saying like, you know what? Since you guys can't agree on something, we're just gonna punt. We're just gonna go home. We're just gonna you know, guys can't stop fighting. Then we're just gonna go home. Wah, wah. It's it's kind of like childish, but you are the coach. You make the decision. Do something. Um, you know what, though? The way you I phrased that made me think of some. Maybe it's not necessarily PJ against Soraka, which is kind of how I was maybe thinking of it. Maybe it is just Soraka and other offensive coach members that aren't quite on the same page right now. I don't know. I, j- I just because I, just, I don't get what is so off with that month. Th- those losses were, I guess, the most excusable one in my mind was maybe Illinois just be I don't know because Illinois is good I believe and I don't know but it still should have lost the the way we did on the road they were hot that's excusable Purdue was not excusable that was just the lack of adjustments we saw which just makes me think that there's not on the same page in the coaching staff maybe and then his comments about listening to both it's like I don't know and, and this is probably way out of line and not going to happen, but, like, unless we keep seeing continued improvement, which I think we saw maybe a little bit this game in the second half, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't be shocked if there's a change. I'm not saying Soraka. I just, I don't know. I feel like something's going to come to light maybe after the season. Maybe not. I Like I said, I might be reading way too much into what he said in this presser. It's just weird. I think it's really weird of how... Uh, the offense has looked at times, and then some of the things that have been said. But yeah, anyway. All right, guys, let's preview Purdue. Uh, not Purdue. We already lost. That's the preview for that one. Let's preview the Northwestern game. It is a 2:30 kickoff. Not gonna lie, that's a little surprising. But maybe they saw the weather because it is supposed to be cold, early morning rain, potential snow, and windy. So everything going Northwestern's way so far for weather. Um, 2.30 kickoff. Gophers, last I saw, are a 17.5 point favorite. That's what it was last I saw, but I don't have it up in front of me right now. Um, so it might have moved slightly, but last I saw it was 17.5. Um, pulling it up here now. But anyway, fellas, when you look at Northwestern, 1-8, one and eight, one since Nebraska, they don't have a win in the United States of America. That's the line that's being said all the time this week, which is pretty crazy. Um, and given the fact that every team that has beat Nebraska has gone on to lose the following week, 
are your thoughts about this Northwestern squad, and what do you think challenges they present for this Gopher team? Smart. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a good coach. <laughs> um, no, Northwestern defending Big Ten West champs, I guess. So you can never count them out. I mean, just ask Ohio State. They kind of got in a little okay, bit of a dogfight last wait, week. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Iowa won it last year, though. That not No, not to PJ. Yeah, right? That's what he was saying. He's like, they're defending Big Ten West Champs. you caught that because you kept saying that. I was that, like, and I was what are you like, talking about? Uh... He's just yeah. trying to say, like, they have won it, so now they just carry that title forever? I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. That, that was just no, that was a weird part of his I'm... presser, too. <laughs> I'm glad one of you guys caught that because I was I, that was a little bit of a test. No, yeah, I thought that was weird too. I didn't understand it, but it, I don't understand anything he does. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. They're scrappy, but then you always think of Northwestern. You think of like, okay, they're going to be tough running the ball, tough defense. But then you look at the numbers. And I mean, metrics-wise, defense isn't even that great, especially against the run. Um, so it's hard to find something they're you know, you know, here's the one thing they're going to beat us at. It's really just ourselves. Are we going to, we got to show up to this one. We can't look ahead. Um, yeah, it, it's a home game. It's everything. I mean, it's, it's all right there for us. It's all right there for the taking. You're positive. Do... A top 35 pass, passing yards in defense. They might I be. think that has, no, they are. They, they literally are number 35. Um, but I th- think that is because of, Teams are just running the football on these mofos that think they're right. smarter than everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, looking at like their like their efficiency stats, like opponents are running forty one times a game, fifty eight percent, almost fifty nine percent of the time. Like <laughs> it, it seems pretty like there are no gimmies in the Big Ten. There aren't. But if there were one, it's you're looking at it. That's it. Just- <laughs> dangerous territory for a gopher game but, right. and let's not let's be fair they they still have they are a big 10 school for sure uh like they they have good players on both sides of the ball kind of like nebraska but you know i think uh, nebraska might find a way to nebraska i'm gonna say i think if they play this week again nebraska would probably beat them but i don't, I don't know actually just because how bad nebraska was when they played but um Jackson, uh no wait is, it's not jackson is it what's his name Evan Hall. Evan Hall, thank you. Uh, he is a stud. He's a legit player. They're going to th- run with him and throw to him. He's nowhere near the athlete Chase Brown is for, for Illinois, but the whole offense basically runs through him. Do not have a quarterback right that can throw the ball down the field. So um, I would just load the box up and make them prove that they can beat you without, uh, with, without Evan Hall or at least, you know, him through box the whole game because that's what they're going to try and do um and i would say the thing to watch out for as always with a team like northwestern same with iowa's and uh illinois even this year is they're going to try and hold on to the ball as long as they can and just bring the game down so there's as few possessions as possible so it's important defensive they show up and get them off the field and get your offense the ball as many times as possible because you know they're just basically trying to make this as short of a game as they can I would say is the things to watch for this game. Yeah, you know, we have like much to say. Um, the only thing is, we know Northwestern. They've always been the tricky team, and even though this is probably the worst that I've seen them in a very long time, truly, 
Um, you still can't take them lightly because they play hard. I think Pat Fitzgerald's a good coach. He'll get his team ready to play. Um, I guess their secondary is all right. They're, they're, they're 35th in the country, um, only allowing 204.7 passing yards a game. But as we know, we don't throw the ball. And their um, rushing defense is 112 nationally, giving up 188.7 yards per game. We're at home. We're not down there, thankfully, on that field. So I feel like Moe's just going to have a heyday. Um, and with Ethan playing, I think that we're going to see him get up on his feet a lot too, which I'm kind of excited for. You know, I want to see kind of a dual threat kind of quarterback. I've been always wanting that. And I think we'll be able to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's all I have to say. This is, a, this is a gimme, and I hope that it is a sound win. But the only way to do that is not to take these guys lightly. Um, and we'll see if that can happen. Uh, they do have one very good defensive lineman as well um, um, that they kind of move around, play some DN, and they'll move him inside occasionally too. He just has a name that I cannot trust at all. It's uh, here, Adebe Awar. It's just one of those names, but he is a good player. Uh, he's got four solo sacks on the season. We have struggled um, in pass protection. So when the Gophers do get to those third and medium, third and long downs, I would imagine that they'll know where he is at all times because that's kind of Northwestern's um, go-to guy as far as making plays on the pass rush. Yeah, it, it's weird just seeing Northwestern like this. Uh, they lost their D coordinator. Is this their second season without the defensive coordinator that was there for forever? Because he's gone now. I, I think... Uh, 2019 he left i don't okay. know or is, if just, that's the offense or so, i can't remember because yeah, covid year northwestern won right and i think that was his last yeah that was his last year i think but i don't know like if northwestern sucks again next year you start thinking like maybe it wasn't fitzgerald and maybe it was that uh defensive coordinator that was responsible for all that success they were having Dude. right now it I think it's looking that way, like more and more as this game yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, um, they're just not the same. They're they're really not the same. I feel like Northwestern never really was very flashy offensively, but their defense really did make some noise. I think you know, and throwing the ball almost forty times a game. When does Northwestern ever do that? That is. Exactly. That is uncharacteristic of them. They're they're kind of like a classic Big Ten team where they're just going to try and out-physical you, run the football, and yeah, they'll go through the air a couple of times, but it's really a defensive team and, and ground and pound, but they're just not really what they're used to being, and I do think that just that loss of identity affected them. So, so Evan Hall, we've already talked about him, but just I looked into, I pulled up the stats here again. Not only... Not only is he their leading usher, he's almost their leading receiver. He trails by, uh, what is that? He trails by 54 yards. Or wait, that's 60. They trailed by 64 yards for the leading receiver spot, but he's also tied for the lead in touchdown receptions for the team. So he is the offense. I mean, they they, they do have, uh, the other receiver's a nice, player Malik Washington but I feel like it's kind of by default Malik Washington has 49 catches on the year Evan Hall Rack has 46 catches on the year um yeah. so oh, that's the offense and then at quarterback I know Holinsky's been benched 
Sullivan lately, so I don't know. Um, I think they're sticking with Sullivan, but it, you know, they I don't know. They both haven't been uh, great. Uh, I guess Sullivan, looking at it now, he does complete about 73% of his pass, but uh, he's only averaging 5.8 yards per completion, which is not very much. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It, it It's just, it's kind of part of the danger of this game, I would say, is the, the aspect of the look-ahead, because Iowa... You know, the game that these players probably want the most is the following week. But as we know, it's college football, and you got to take care of business, uh, you know, at the time it's supposed to be done. I don't know what I was trying to say there. But anyway, guys, let's get into score prediction for the golfers here. Weather's going to suck, so I don't think if passing wasn't going to be there to be, you know, heavily in the game plan to begin with, I I think it's going to be there even less now. Um supposed to be windy maybe i mean could change by the time the game rolls around but we're 17 point favorites oh bad weather games northwestern have played people tight i think of the penn state game and then just the ohio state game last week but i do think they're a little bit more physically spent i'm gonna go the ghosts get the w 27 to 6 i think we keep them out of the end zone they'll manage two field goals um yeah got us by three touchdowns though at uh I've got the Gophers winning 34 to nine. Um, yeah, it's really just win the turnover battle. Northwestern's been turning it over a lot too. Kind of looking at the numbers, almost twice a game. Um, yeah, if we can just come out early, put it away by halftime. That's I don't know. That's it. Like it. Just win. Peace. I got the Gophers winning pretty handily here. Um, I think that they'll win three. Well, sorry. I think that they'll win 35 to three. I don't see how Northwestern is going to score, and I don't know how they're going to stop the, the run, honestly. So I got the Gophers doing it, and I just hope that it's a good, solid game. I hope we see improvement and go on to these last two games strong and, and go from there. Over or under eight and a half rushing attempts for eighth in this game? Under. Yeah, I would guess under maybe four or five, but... I hope he's not running around too much. But I hope right. he gets more than a couple, meaning that... Yeah, right, exactly. You know what else I would like to see this game? If we do take control early, Oh, has been just a sledgehammer these last three games especially. It's just been like, hey, please go win the game. So, like, I I would love to see him, if able, like, get rotated out for couple series at it not like consecutively but every once in a while you give trey potts a series or in bryce williams let them take load for a while if you know obviously it depends how the game plays out but just the amount of carries you got i was cuts into the year you'd like to get mo as much trust as you could um hopefully that's a spot to do this game i feel like that's the kids that though like <laughs> wishing to get your players rest before the big game let's just let's just win it i guess but uh that would be something nice to have this game. All right, guys. It is time for IUPOD Parlay of the Week. Gosh, we suck. It is not it at all. Um, <laughs> we actually didn't even have yours. a pick from Sam. I got mine. I, I'm off. The two games I said were free money both hit last week. You guys should have always listened to me. Um, yeah, I now that I think about it, but we never reached out to Sam to ask him to pick a game. But you know, I will. I will defer to you guys first for this one. Uh, Max, let's start with you. I what say is we your pick? pick. I say we collectively pick our own. Leave Sam out. 
we'll just all three of us come up with one and we'll just split the bearings ourselves. All right. I like the first Sam's pick you're saying, right? Yep. We'll pick his. Uh, Max, we'll defer. What is your pick of the week? My favorite pick. It's a little bit, uh, not a game probably most people are going to be watching, but I like Western Kentucky minus 13 and a half at home against Rice. Um, in the wise words of the guy who's not here, Sam Pockle, it's Rice. Western Kentucky's offense is very good. Uh, they've clobbered them the last three times they've played. This should be 20 points. Go Hilltoppers, or whatever they like are. like it. Mm-hmm. All right. You go ahead, Kirk, because I'm still... Guys, I, I texted this in. I actually don't have one I love. Um, really don't like a lot of them this week, but there is one. Oh, maybe... Hmm. I have, I have two schools of thoughts. So there's two games that stand out to me when I just look at them. Um, I know Virginia Tech has played people kind of tight, but they've still lost, and they've played some bad teams and lost tight, which I don't really think is great. I, I like Duke at home minus 9.5 against Virginia Tech this week. Um, Duke's been playing well. They're finally back at home. Um, that one stands out to me when I first looked through it, but like I said, I didn't have one. One I absolutely love. So if you guys hate it, we can like flip it on its head. But I, I'll, I'll I kind of like Duke. I, I, I would pick that side too. Virginia Tech's been brutal, horrible. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Yeah, last I saw Duke was still at nine and a half. So I, I'll, I like. Duke yeah, by they're at nine and a half. All right, with that. Oh boy, I don't think you guys are gonna like this, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I got USC. They play Colorado at home tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. They're 34.5-point favorites. Now, look, I know what you're thinking. That's a lot of points. But if we look back to to Colorado when they played the Gophers early in the year, the Gophers won that game 49-7. to Now, I don't think the Trojans have as good of a defense as, as the Gophers do by any means, but their offense is insane. I don't think they'll be able to compete with it. I got the Trojans. Yeah. You know, looking at their scores, yeah. they have lost by a lot. Uh, they did upset Kyle that one time. Weird. But uh, it does feel like USC could just put up 50 points and be does. done. <laughs> I just worry. The only thing I worry about, it's probably because of like years past, maybe not so much this team, if I'm being fair, but just like USC doesn't always, not that I think they'll lose, but they don't always show up to the full some of these certies in the past, you know, Actually, Friday night where, games in the Pac-12 are just kind of weird. But where is um, this game at? It's at USC. Oh, okay, that makes me feel it's better right. too. Yeah, if you're going on it's, a Friday night, which is weird already, and then you're gonna go play an elevation, that would scare me. But you know what? In the Coliseum, thirty-five. Look, they can literally score thirty-five points in one and a half quarters easily right. against right. this team. And they yeah. do have a lot to but their fight is for. It is, but Colorado's offense sucks. And they do have a lot to fight for at this point, just being because they only have the one loss still. And Utah is still getting respect in the college football playoff rankings, at least enough for USC to overcome that if they can win out in the conference. So, yeah, like it. big number, but let's do it. This will make us feel good. In their last 10, Colorado's 2-7 and seven against the spread, and they are 0-4 on the road against the spread Ooh. and i mean they just they're one and eight they're bad yeah yeah they're they're a pretty sad team i like it um 
I'll throw one out to you guys really quick. And I agree that there's, we can probably find them better, but I just want to at least keep it in consideration for Sam's pick. Rutgers just been through a buzzsaw lately. Getting, I mean, they hung in there with us, but then we kind of turned it on and put them away. They hung in there with Michigan, and then Michigan turned it on and obliterated them. Now they go on the road to a Sparty team that's feeling pretty good. Sparty's getting nine and a half points at home. How do you feel about picking Sparty to cover the nine and a half points? Uh, that Sparty's scares the hell out of me. That, me too. I mean, Michigan but, State just won the game of the, like, that. <laughs> the game. I don't know, man. I mean, I, it I, is I Rutgers. I understand it, but, like, it, it, that's exactly right. It's Rutgers. But the thing Tell is, you right like, now, I know that I, Rutgers I, is going to play. They're going to play hard. Rutgers is going to play hard. I don't know if Michigan State, I don't want to accuse them of not playing playing hard, but it just seems like they're deflated. I so I get the 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 thought of the big win against Illinois. I guess my pushback would be: Do you think Michigan State views, even though Illinois was ranked as big of a win as maybe the rest of the people look at it right now? So I don't know if the hangover effect is there as much as we think. It did beat Wisconsin too. I I just think that honestly, if we play Michigan State this week, I'd be really worried. About you guys, but I don't think it's the same. Yeah. I think they're. I think they are a much different team from the Gophers dismantled them earlier, as are the Gophers yeah. team. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we, that's okay. just one that stands out I to would, me. Just looking through what, it right now. What uh, what's the total of that game? Um, I have to go back here. Maybe that's an under. I don't know. That one, That's just uh, I, both sides would forty one points me. over under four one points. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to touch oh, that. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> it's just it's an so over low, but runaway. Like, yeah, it's probably right. The okay, over um, I have suggested has not hit. We there's one over with that, that I would suggest, but it's way too high, and I think it's already climbing. <laughs> the UCF uh, North Carolina one. Wake Forest over under seventy seven and a half. That Ooh. game's been. That game's been over a hundred the last like two times they've faced. But you know what though? Is NC State gonna score? No, nah, I don't even want to bet it. Don't no, I don't Wait, give it. NC State. Isn't that what you said? Carolina. I said North North Carolina. Oh, I was picturing NC State. Okay. Wow. Oh no no oh. no. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's one no. where the number is so high, but yeah. It makes it's... yeah. Like if I had to bet it, I would probably take the over. But, right, because both teams. I mean, North Carolina's defense is horrendous, <laughs> and both teams just score. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's that's a. It would have to be like the perfect just points, points, points. I'll do whatever one you guys are thinking of. That's fine with me. But if I was to throw mine out there, and it's not a good one, I don't again. But because of how they've been performing. But Is I'm looking TTU at plus seven. No, I'm looking at right. State, <laughs> Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is one and a half point underdog against Iowa State. They're at Oklahoma State too. I don't want to touch have, that game. I know, I know, it's, <laughs> I know it's, it's hard. But like, if we did, if you're, let's say, like, if your money depended on it, like you had to choose, who would you pick to cover? Do you think I will win well, by I would over be a... one and a half, or do you think that Oklahoma 
And probably right now, after seeing them play last two weeks, I think I would lean Iowa State, unless Oklahoma State yeah. got people back that I haven't paid attention to. But um, that's fair. Like I don't even know if Oklahoma State's quarterback is back or yeah, I don't know. About one, but just because they've been hot. Ah, uh, you know what? The more I look at it, it's a it's a big game for that conference. Tulane is getting one and a half points at home against yeah. UCF. Probably going to yeah. be a dog fight People though. So for that game. yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. A, it's a big game. Um, well, how do you guys feel about the Ducks? Uh, who do they got? What? They're thirteen and a half point favorite over Washington. And I I feel like a lot of a lot of the early like people saw Washington beat Michigan State and were like whoa Washington but now it's like ooh Washington they're didn't, I think they are didn't still Washington like, just beat some they just beat Oregon State though I know they didn't cover for us but well, they did but that's Oregon State <laughs> I I know I just I don't know Oregon man. at home against the spread is good but good. it is a big number it is a big matchup. So I can't. that's that, that's fine. I the other one I like too, and this isn't even mine originally. I I was listening to that one show that you know Max, um, the bet us one or bet I don't know one of the betting shows the that we US. talked about before. Yeah, is that oh is that yeah okay. <laughs> uh, one of them on there was like pretty confident. He loved South Carolina plus eight against Florida. That's all. That's all I have to offer. I like that. <laughs> I think I like that. I don't know much about South Carolina, but I know that Florida is not too good. It Plus scares eight, me, so I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Plus eight, that's that's enough room, I think, you know? Yeah. And Florida's I, just been brutal. Well, like, they, can, I, they can't throw football, and I think he was saying that South Carolina has been all right against the run. So, um, you know, and he just I thinks think it's going to be a dogfight. I Plus, think South Carolina's just for me. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm in on that one because South Carolina's just been the team where like they are just fighting to win, and Florida's like, screw this. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it feels like after they lost to Kentucky, it's just been like, well, they almost made it a game against Tennessee late, but yeah, it is in the swamp. But I think that plus eight gives you enough room, you know? Yeah. Kurt, what do you think? I know you threw that out there, but how do you feel? I mean, after listening to hear him talk about it, I like South Carolina, but uh, <laughs> yeah. should we go what Florida? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if I had I to pick a side, I would. Yeah, not I would not pick, pick Florida. Florida. Heck no. <laughs> Just throw that in then. Yeah, I like it. Here's some trends right. too. The road team. In the last nine matchups, six two and one against the spread. South Carolina's four one and one in the last six, and three zero and one in the last four. Let's do it. Why not? South Carolina right. covers. That's good. We needed a dog. <laughs> so we got the Hilltoppers minus thirteen. The Blue Devils <laughs> minus nine and a half. The Trojans minus thirty four and a half. And we got the Gamecocks plus eight. Plug your nose and take it. <laughs> You are welcome, folks. We're finding another four games to not bet on. <laughs> Any parlay that leads with Before Hilltoppers minus 13, you're going, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Now let's just get in for our picks for pride, which at this point, none of us have any left. It's been brutal. We're not going to even say the percentage on air. It's all below 
well below 50. Um, let's 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 get after this. Um, start with the Friday night football one. Uh, East Carolina is at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus six, six points at home. Um, I think that's a fun game to watch, even though it's not the two biggest teams. Cincinnati, man, I still, even though they've bitten me in the butt, the two times I've gone with them in our in our parlay, I think they are still a solid team. Just do to cover. I'm going to go Cincinnati covers the minus six at them. I got the Bearcats too, man. They've not been as good as they've been, you know, in years past, but I like their fight and everything, so I got the Bearcats. Um, Friday night, those games are weird, but I'm going to roll with the Pirates. They've Their offense is good, and we've seen Cincinnati's defense blow it. So this is all based off of just that one game that I've... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. ECU. <laughs> ECU. <laughs> all right. Um, this is a fun game, kind of, and I... I just didn't want to touch it, though. LSU travels to Arkansas. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. LSU's getting a lot of love now. They just come off a big win. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites at Arkansas. Normally, I think this would be a letdown game. Arkansas's defense is bad, though, and I think LSU is really figuring it out. Um, They covered for me last week. I think I picked them. And anyway, uh, I'm going LSU. What's the spread? They're three-and-a-half-point favorites at Arkansas. Uh, I feel like they've been co- coming together um, recently. After that Tennessee loss, I haven't really had faith in them, but they've definitely picked it up. And Brian Kelly's a great coach. He really is. And I think that he's got these guys going. I'm going to have to go with the LSU Tigers as well. Yeah, I do think LSU is obviously the better team. Um, I kind of root for chaos in this one. And I was going to take Arkansas. I think I almost think they might have almost been favored had they not have just lost to Liberty. Um, I don't know. It's just the line is the line is too small, so I'm gonna take Arkansas. All right. But doesn't it feel like LSU should be favored by like seven? Just um, I don't know. No, maybe. <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy. This year, <laughs> don't go off what I say. All right, I the think the blind leading the blind. <laughs> The uh, big game for the Big Ten West, uh, every Gopher fan should be rooting for Purdue. Illinois is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home versus Purdue. Purdue has been getting absolutely rolled, and my picks have been wrong. So I'm going to take Illinois to cover the six-and-a-half at home in hopes it's some reverse psychology. Purdue upset wins. And the Gophers keep their Big Ten West dreams alive. So I'm going Illinois, minus six and a half. Agreed. Illinois with the bounce back, big win. I got the Boilermakers. We need this. We need something to hope about. We need something to grasp at. I don't like the pick, but this is college football, baby. And we all know that it seems like yearly they have some sort of Cinderella win. Maybe this was the Gophers this year, even though we weren't like a Ohio State or whatever. But I got, I got, I got. I, I really yeah. do. I hope that they can do it. This one's interesting, just because the state of Alabama, um, like mentally, just two losses don't control their own destiny. In the SEC West uh, on the road against Lane Kiffin, they are twelve point favorites. Who do you guys got in that one? Oh, I think I got old here. I know that Alabama's going to be 
Man, do I know? Oh, that's tough, man. This is actually really hard. I think that they got the line just right. But I'm going to go with Ole Miss. They always say don't bet against Saban, but I got to go against Saban. I got Ole Miss. Taking Bama. <laughs> it, it, is, uh, it is hard to go against Bama. I, I went with Bama last week, though, and that didn't work out. Well, we all did. Oh, actually, Kurt picked LSU. Um, was it? Like the only one I got right. <laughs> Actually, I, I got Georgia right, too. You got Georgia, LSU, and Wisconsin. Woo! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with the Rebels, too. Hopefully Lane Kiffin just, I don't know, does something great. And technically, I think I, I was right on the Gophers spread because I did take Nebraska to cover, technically. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think Ole Miss hasn't played anybody great this year, and when they did, they lost. So I just think Bama will get them just to keep themselves competitive. Um, I know it's on the road. I hope not as explosive of, this year. Yeah, my hope in it is it just like the Alabama team has just never really been in this spot where they're kind of out of it, and it's like, well, yeah, that's a good time point. To go that's to Oxford. <laughs> think that's a i think that's part of the reason why the spread is where it's at um i just don't think i think saban does especially not like losing to kiffin so i that's why i'm gonna go (laughs) yeah yeah that's true um yeah and i gotta pick this one this is the game i'm kind of looking forward to i know we need illinois to lose but it's wisconsin versus iowa this week fellas um wisconsin travels to kinnick stadium and it, at one point, this was a pick 'em. Now it's Wisconsin back to a point and a half favorite. I'm not going to lie. Before I try and rationalize whatever pick I make, absolutely zero idea how this game is going to play out. I think if you were to rank the three usual teams in the Big Ten West, you know, I know Northwestern has won the West before we have, but if you rank Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin right now, I think. Crazy as it seems, and maybe I'm overact- overreacting to wins against Northwestern and Purdue, but and it was bad weather against Purdue. Iowa's found a little bit of something maybe on offense. I think I would put Iowa as playing the best right now, followed by Wisconsin, and then unfortunately Goves in third right now, but things can change. That and Wisconsin has just had Iowa's number for the most part. think I'm going to go Wisconsin. I don't feel good about it at all. I think Iowa's... I don't know. I'm going to go Wisconsin, but I don't feel good about it. This would be a fun game to watch. Um, yeah. Maybe pretty boring just defensively, but it's Big Ten football, baby. I got the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Um, I I just think, you know, I think both teams have shown improvement, you know, which is something that I haven't seen the Gophers, which is really kind of daunting, a little disturbing. Um but I just think that Iowa will be able to pull it out and just not – they won't let them score that much. And I think that Iowa's offense has kind of improved a little bit. They've been coming on a little more. And I think simply because Iowa's defense is more superior to Wisconsin's, I think that's going to be the difference. So I'm going to go with the Hawkeyes. The best unit on the field, Iowa's defense. Do you – man – I do think Wisconsin overall is a better team. Like, if this was a neutral site game, I'd pick Wisconsin, but it's really tough to go against Iowa in this spot at Kinnick. Um, I think their defense is just that good that they could, I mean, 
it's kind of like what we talked about last week with like the military academies. Like it's the same team going against each other. Like Iowa knows how to stop Wisconsin, and vice versa. But I think Iowa can just maybe stop them one more time. And just remember that that could be won't be shocked if I would, but just there's just something with it. It's just Iowa was rolling and on top of the world last year, and then they went to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin absolutely just stomped them. And no, I think even though Iowa has beat Wisconsin, I still think there's a little bit of pressure that Iowa adds on themselves to beat Wisconsin, if that makes sense, you know? Well, I feel like Wisconsin probably carries a little bit more confidence in the game, and that's why I, I'm going to just stick with Wisconsin, even though you know, I'm, glad I don't, I'm glad I'm not putting actual money on it, because I think it's just going to be a great game to to flip back and forth to when, when the Gophs are on break. But yeah, it should be good. All right, two more here. Um, you have, first one go. Max, you mentioned it as a pick, so let's just pick it here. Washington travels to Oregon. Um, I liked what you were saying, Max. Basically, you covered what thoughts are. I do like Oregon at home, and I think Washington's a good I don't want to put money on it, but I will go Oregon minus 13 at home. Max is with me. Yeah, I, I like the Ducks here. Um, I think their defense is honestly going to just beat Washington to pieces. Um, I think their defense has been a lot better than the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You look back to like the first couple weeks, you saw Washington, like I said, beat Michigan State and Oregon just get destroyed by Georgia. But I mean, those are these are now two completely different teams from uh, the beginning of the year. So and Oregon's got so much to play for still. See who you like. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ducks. The thing is with Stanford, they've they've definitely improved. I think they're still not as good as that we're used to seeing. But the Ducks are at home. They're kind of on fire. They look like the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, so I'll go with the Ducks. All right. And then last one here, folks. It's a, it's a big one. TCU at Texas. Texas is the touchdown favorite over TCU. I kind of get it, though. I don't know. It definitely wouldn't be. I would not bet TCU minus seven in this situation on the road against Texas. I do think TC will look at that maybe as a sign of disrespect. I don't know who wins. Um, I'm going to take TCU in the points, though, and I probably will admit that that's probably me just wanting that to happen. Texas does seem to be on a little bit of a roll right now, but TCU just keeps winning, so if they lose, I think it'll be by less than seven. Horn Frogs. Um, one thing is, you know, the whole controversy with college football playoff, as we know, um, it'd be cool to see a team like TCU get in there um, rather than like two SEC teams that have already played each other. Um, so maybe that's my thing, just diversifying the playoff. So it's a selfish pick, but that's what I got. I'm going to go TCU. Yeah, I I really want to go TCU. And seeing the seven points, it's like, ooh, but I got to go with Texas just for that reason. Because I feel like Vegas is just laying out the cheese. Trying to, you know, trying to get everyone in the trap. Can agree. But and TCU, like they've been on a roll, and there's no doubting that their offense has been amazing. But they've, I think, they faced or either a backup quarterback or the starting quarterbacks got knocked out in like feels like every game they've played. So there is some luck. Obviously, you have to be good to be lucky, and you know the quarterback doesn't play defense. TCU's offense is still very good, but Texas's defense is really good. Um, yeah. 
I don't know, night game in Austin. That's a tough place to play. I, I'm going to be rooting for TCU, but if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd throw it at Texas. Yeah. Like that is, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I am just picking of wanting to see. Because I, I get Texas is good. I just think these rankings can't be of who you think is the best. It's got to be like a deserved thing. And I don't think Texas necessarily deserves to be as high as they are at 6-3 and three right now. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, folks, that's been another episode of Pod. Thanks for listening. Gophers are getting back on the right track. We will dominate Northwestern. Maybe we should have thrown Gophers in as a pick to cover. Doesn't matter. They're going to win, and we're going to get ready for the Iowa game the following week, but we're not looking ahead. Gerald, you suck. You're going down. Go, go, Skyuma. We'll see you next time.